What Radio, the music you want. With your host, Steve Dan. Death by Stereo. What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com, coming to you live and in living color from the Radio What Studios, and this is my podcast, What Makes You Famous? It's an extension of the RadioWhat.com internet radio station that I've been running for quite some time, and if you need DJ services, where do you go? DJLittleRock.com. Check availability and get a free price quote, and maybe you can have me, me, at your next event. I like to party with the people. Uh, today on the program, excitement. Uh, another person that likes to party with the people, Regina Hicks. Looking forward to having a conversation with Regina Hicks. Who's Regina Hicks? Well, if you don't know by now, you're going to know in the next few minutes. This week's shows, I have no shows. Due to the novel COVID-19 coronavirus, I have no shows. My regular Thursday, Friday, and even Saturday night gigs have shut down. Ah, We need to get through this real soon so we can get out and play and go back out with the people. Somebody, scientist, please find the cure for the COVID-19 coronavirus. All right, enough about that. Let's get into it with Regina Hicks. Looking forward to talking to Regina Hicks. Calling Regina Hicks now. Hello. Hi, Regina D. Hicks, please. Hi, how are you? This is me. Oh, it's so good to talk to you. It's Keys Dan with the What Makes You Famous podcast. How are you holding Hi. up today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just doing like everybody else. I'm in the house quarantined, I guess you could say, and social distancing and, you know, watching Netflix and just trying to pray and make it through. Well, this is your podcast, Regina Hicks, uh, and tell the people why you're quarantined. This is kind of a little time capsule as we uh, record this in March of 2020. Well, right now we have the COVID-19 pandemic crisis that's going around the world. I mean, so many people have been infected and impacted. Um, I'm not going to quote that the numbers they don't have them in front of me, which is probably crazy. But um, a lot of people have died from this disease. A lot of people are vulnerable to it. Um, so that's kind of why we're in quarantine here in the U.S. of A. Um, we're trusting that Trump has the war with all to kind of guide the nation through this sometime and, um, you know, spare us. Okay, a lot of the, the carnage of the rest of the world is, is really seeing like Italy and China, like it's been really bad. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I trust that scientists are working on this. I, I, yeah. I, I think that we're going to get through this in the next month or two. And hopefully it'll yeah, be a, a distant memory real soon. Yeah, you know, they keep saying that this is something that, you know, it, 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 it's better when it's cold. If your sinuses and your nasal passages are cold because you're breathing in cold air, it just kind of, it, it lives better, it grows better. And I think with summer right around the corner, you know, we're going to have heat waves across the country. I think um, the coronavirus is going to really, it's going to kind of just kind of die out. It's season is going to kind of go away. And I think we probably won't have this problem come May or June. Excellent. I'm in Georgia. I'm in Atlanta. So we get heat waves down here that are like biblical. 
<laughs> Atlanta, GA. I'm a, I'm a South Florida boy myself, and I I just oh, okay. got, I, you know the heat. Oh, I do know the heat, and I do yeah. know Atlanta, Georgia as well. I mean, I, I visited Stone Mountain quite a few times, uh, just around that area, and I've been in Atlanta, Georgia uh, a few times as well. It's a great music town. Uh, you know, a lot of yeah. a lot of great music comes out of there. Okay, Regina Hicks. Now that we've talked about what's going on now, it, you know the the news of the day. Now let's go right. through who Regina Hicks is, and should it be Regina D Hicks or Regina Hicks? Um, Regina Hicks is fine. Um, D is just my middle initial. What's on Facebook, but my stage name, professional name, is Regina Hicks. Um, I'm daughter of. Dodd Hicks, he was one of the lead singers of the doo-wop group, um, R&B royalty, the Cashmere. Um, so I grew up, uh, um, in a musical household. I come from a musical family. Um, you know, and music was something that was just in my blood. It was instinctive. I wanted to sing. I knew that from very early on. Um, and I'm a singer songwriter. Um, I won, I mean, I'm a, award-winning singer-songwriter. I've won an independent uh, tone award for uh, Best Original Song in 2018 for my single trophy. And then I won um, um, Best uh, Female R&B for the Underground Music Awards 2019. So um, I'm hoping to continue to add to my resume, continue to put out great music for people to love and enjoy. And um, that's about (laughs) <laughs> hey, that's it in a nutshell, Regina Hicks. Yeah. You know, it's it's nice to to uh, put you know for a creator to create things, but it's also much nicer to be recognized and to be honored. Uh, you know, when people come up to you after a show and and go to your merch table and want to meet up with you and tell you how great you are, you know, I imagine that that has has to be a good feeling. But the accolades that you get by from getting an award such as the one you got in 2018, I mean, how did you feel? Uh, when you put something out into the world and and an award came back to you, how did that make you feel? It made me feel very surreal. I'm, I'm a very modest person. Um, so when people, like, I, when I was nominated, of course I was excited. It felt really good to be recognized for my hard work. But then at the same time, there was part of me was like, well, you know, you may not win this one. You're just kind of out, just putting yourself out here. You know, a lot of that, that you're up against a lot of great artists that are kind of, already trying to establish themselves in the independent music world. Um, so, you know, we, we won't get too excited, but, you know, we'll pray and we'll hope for the best, but, you know, we'll be grateful just to be nominated. And so to win, to be recognized, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's validation. It's vindication. Um, for those that when people told me I couldn't do it, or I wasn't able to do it, or, you know, um, you're, you're a little bit older than, you know, most people who's trying to get out here for the first time and pursue a music career. Because I'm, I'm in my late 30s. I'm 38. So, oh, okay. you know. You're you still know, a whippersnapper. I, I, You're a kid. Yeah, I'm, I'm still, 51. I'm still a well, yeah, I'm still a whippersnapper. <laughs> but in the music industry, you know, if you're not 20-something, 18, 19, you know, I'm a little older. So, you know, there's people that are saying, oh, well, you're a little older. But I've always believed in my talent. I've always believed in what God and my father gave so I knew, you know, I could get out here and do it. You know, of course, you doubt yourself. You put stuff out there and you hope that it resonates with people. And I'm just grateful and thankful to my fans, the people that voted for me, my friends and family that support me. Oh, I fully believe it's in the blood. You had no choice 
but to become a singer with their dad yeah. in the cashmere's. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's he's a doo-wop man from from way yeah. back and and did you and did you know dad as a cashmere? Had you gotten to hear him sing with his with his fellow uh cashmere's? I guess <laughs> I wouldn't know well, how to how to word that. <laughs> well, his bandmates. Um well, by the time I was born, I was born in the 80s. So okay. by the time I was born, um, they had pretty much disbanded, and my dad was was pretty much working behind the scenes in the Atlanta Atlanta music scene. I had heard my father sing growing up all over. I mean, from his music, even just in the house while he was cooking. So hearing my father sing, and then him teaching me um, techniques and stage presence, and you know, um, just the things that he taught me. I did get to see him sing um, and perform in clubs when I was little. He would do you know, little local things around the city because, you know, everybody knew my father. Um, and by this time, um, he was in his retirement from music, but he also had a limousine service, um, Atlanta Executive Limousine. So my father still had ties with people in the industry and in that his company was, you know, picking them, picking them up from the airport, taking them to awards, taking them around the city, taking them to and from venues. So um, he maintained a lot of his relationships. Um, so... Um, yeah, listening to my father sing was some was, you know, I, I never got to see him in the doo up except for things that pulled up on YouTube later mm. when stuff got on YouTube. And but a lot of his memorabilia and stuff, um, you know, I, I just grew up, you know, hearing the stories and listening to the music. It was a rich history. No. And him coming out of that background. And then as you do. Once you get done with your career, when your career has taken its course, he goes off and he produces other uh, people. And that's you said that that's what he he's been doing or that's what he did after he finished with the Cashmere's. Yes, he um, he worked with people at LaFace Records. Um, my father worked with Dallas Austin, um, producing records, um, Tony Mercedes. I mean, he knew, he, you know, you, you named them. He knew them. He socialized with them. Um, they knew him. So, but my father, unfortunately, he passed in 2014. Oh. So he really didn't get a chance to see me stepping out finally, um, into my own spotlight. He, he knew it was for me. He always believed that I would do it or could do it. I just sadly, he wasn't, he's not here with us, but I know wherever he is, he's, he's cheering me on and he's <laughs> applauding me and, Sometimes when I'm in the studio and I'm working and I'm cre and I'm being creative, I can hear my father. Um, you know, just little tidbits he, he would tell me about my tone or my inflection or runs. You know, so I know he's with me. You better believe it, Regina Hicks. It yeah. sounds like it. You know, whatever you're doing in the music business, you're doing it in his honor and with his help. Uh, you know, the spirit yeah. of of him is is with you and with yeah. your you know with your faith. It definitely. Uh, it, that has to help. So you had you been singing at all? Let's take it back to to when a little a little baby Regina Hicks was born. I guess around the Atlanta Georgia area. Were you born right yeah. in the city or or just around it? Um, um, I was born in the city around it. Yeah. Oh, um, how was it growing well, up in Atlanta, GA? Well, I didn't grow up here. When my parents divorced, um, my mother, we moved to New York. So I grew up in New York. Wow. Um, we grew up on Long Island. Um, and so my my mother, I'm, I'm half Persian. I'm half Iranian. Cool. So my, my mother moved back to New York. And, you know, we were just around, you know, um, her family. And 
I saw my father. I got to come down here and visit him. He was very much in my life. He wasn't, you know, one of those absentee fathers. Even with the distance, I did. I spoke to him. He called me on birthdays. You know, I made trips down here. Um, but growing up in New York was fun, and I think it um, it built up who I was musically um, because there's so many different genres of music in New York, so many different cultures. Absolutely. So it was easy to pick up different musical things when I was growing up. I always sang, um, you know, some of my biggest, you know, inspirations, Anita Baker, um, Stevie Wonder, uh, later Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston, um, as I, you know, got into my teenage years. Um, I always performed in high school. I performed in middle school. I was always in choir, in church. So music was a part of my life. It was something I did every day. I would sit in front of the radio. Back then it was a boombox with a cassette player. <laughs> and um and this is like the late eighties, early nineties. And um before my mom would trust me or buy me a, a, a CD player, a little disc man or whatever. But you know, I would sit with my boombox and my music and I would sing along with Madonna and sing along with Michael and sing along with Mariah. And I guess doing that also helped to reinforce and train my voice and shape who I was as an artist. Absolutely, Regina Hicks. And for those kids that don't know what a boombox is, uh, a boombox is a, a radio. <laughs> it's, kind, it's kind of a radio, and it probably had a cassette player. Now, did you yeah. have the deluxe one that had the recorder? And whenever you – okay, a lot of kids are know Spotify and how to get music off the Internet. But before right. the Internet, we had to, to record it off the radio. Off the radio. And you would try to get it. And, and me, I, you know, back in the 80s, I was the DJ – that was talking before and after the song. But the, the <laughs> goal was to cut me out of there and just right. get the song. So wait for the, yeah. when the, when the DJ, you think he's going to finish talking, hit record. And then as soon as you think he's going to start talking again, pit stop. And then you'll have Boy, your music you, that you could sing you along with. Be, yeah. You have to be right on time and on point with that. But yeah, you know, I, I grew up at a time where we didn't have MP3 players. We still had Discman. Our, our, the cell phones didn't have screens that you touched. They flipped open. They looked like, you know, like something off of Star Trek, you know, and they didn't have colorful screens. They had yellow dots or red dots. Like I, that's, that's the era I'm coming from. Um, for the younger, for the younger kids that were like, wow, what is that? You know. I don't remember the the big cell phones and the ones that you, uh, people used to carry around. My mom used to tell me about the ones people would carry around, like pocketbooks or backpacks. Um, <laughs> that was me, but, the brick. <laughs> right, but I was coming into the area in the era, like I said, um, by the late ni- late eighties, early nineties. I was probably about uh, ten or eleven years old, getting into that area. So the phones were flipping, and we still had to record music off of the boombox. Um, I don't even really think CDs were a big thing until like in the middle of the 90s where everybody was really buying CDs. So there was still cassette tapes and I think vinyls were still floating around. So. Oh, you better believe it. When I was a baby yeah. DJ back then, I started in 86 and, and I, I would buy vi- uh, my vinyls. You know, and, and it's so unfortunate that some music today will not, never be on vinyl, although it is making a comeback, you know. with It is. Yeah, for, for a lot of DJs, they, they like to take their turntables back out. Whenever I go out to DJ, I have my, my digital wheels of steel. I use my pioneers and I like to mix yeah. it up like that. And, and I like to play new artists. So, you know, the next gig that I get to play, 
please, coronavirus, go away so I can start playing more gigs. <laughs> you know, the next right. gig that I'm going to play is definitely going to be uh, uh, including and featuring Regina Hicks. Because I'll tell people at the club, whenever I'm there, I'll say, hey, this, this is a new artist. I actually talked to her on the podcast. Uh, why don't you check this out? And then they'll be grooving to Regina Hicks. Uh, I, I, awesome. I like that. No, I'm Thank looking you. forward to that. And that way, you, you could probably get a few more listens on Spotify. Maybe get a couple more pennies out out there yeah thank you and i thank you so much you know because really and truthfully djs you guys make it happen for artists even with the on the end of in the independent scene because if you guys are promoting and playing the records and and that are reaching people at events like weddings and then clubs i mean nobody would really hear the, the music so i i tell a lot of artists and i always make it my my bitch to thank djs thank the radio personalities and to try to form relationships with you guys because you guys really make it happen for artists. I mean, if, if you guys don't support the music and put it out there, no one would hear us. So <laughs> I thank you. And I, I have a lot of respect for what you guys do. Well, I appreciate that. I know when I was at record stores, you know, back in the, in the eighties, uh, I think it was, a uh, 82 through 86. I was really into, into the record stores and, and the ones that would turn me on to the new music was the, the record store owner. And, mm -hmm. and sometimes, you know, you'd hear a new song on the radio and you'd want to go in there and, and you'd be looking specifically for that record. Maybe it's a Madonna record. Maybe it's a Michael Jackson record, you know, and, and, and the, the record store owner says, hey, if you like that Michael Jackson record, why don't you check this out? This Rockwell record and Rockwell. Oh, OK. Let me check that out. Bam. Somebody's watching me. So I'm listening to that before it's even a hit, you know, because a record store owner gave me that opportunity. And that's what I want to yeah. do. I want to make sure that, that people can hear Regina Hicks. I've already been to your Twitter, and I know that you posted. <laughs> you must have posted every song within the last uh, within the last few hours. And I went ahead and I retweeted everything. Make sure that people know all about you, Regina Hicks. So we already heard, heard, heard what your dad gave to you. I mean, he, he gave you genetics. <laughs> you know, he, yeah. he, he put those genes into you. He was a singer from way back. And, uh. And then what did what did your mom give to you when she took you up to Long Island? And, and what what was she doing? Well, um, you know, like I said, my mother is from Iran. Um, she came here in the late 70s and uh, she married my father. And, of course, they had me. Um, when we moved back to New, when we moved to New York, um, it was different for me because I wasn't used to um, anything New York. I was I was excited because I was a kid and it was the Statue of Liberty in the city. And the snow, um, but then I, I, I then got leery of the snow because it seemed like it was always and forever lasting snow everywhere. It was bleak, golly. I didn't know what to do about the snow. I hate it. That's why I don't think I would ever live up here. But my mom, you know, she was she was a very strong woman, and she taught me to be a very strong woman and to speak my mind, to be opinionated, um, to not be afraid to speak my mind. My mother also taught me the value of, of, of loving the United States of America, um, being that she was from uh, coming from a fling, an oppressive authoritarian regime under the Ayatollah Khomeini at that time. So she, um, with mom, that was the, the, the uh, Saudi Arabian or Syrian? I, no, she was coming from Iran. Iran, okay. Right. And she came around the time when... Um, the embassy was, um, um, there was a terrorist attack on the embassy. 
and um, you know the American soldiers and American person personnel was taken hostage for almost a year. So when she came here, she faced a lot of um, bigotry and racism, being an Iranian woman um, at the time, and and de- dealing with that. And my mother always taught me that despite that. Um, America is, is one of the greatest countries in the world. There's nowhere in the world you can come here and 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 be as free and 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 live as free as you want. It has its failing. No system is perfect, but America has probably to be the best one. And so she instilled that in me to love my country. Um, she also instilled in me um, curiosity um, to when it came to my education to edu- to read to. Um, study to to learn more about world the world and life and those are things that, my, that I think have made me the uh, that my mother gave me um, have made me into the woman I am today. So my father and my mother combined together, I think they made a very solid, very intelligent, talented young lady. I would have to agree, Regina Hicks. I mean, you sound great to me. This is the first time we're meeting, and you're you know our my listeners are are meeting you for the first time probably. And and they're getting to know uh, a fine young woman that is uh, that is making music that is putting you know her talents to good use and and you had that that upbringing. I mean, did mom remarry? Did you end up ha- having uh, any brothers and sisters? Yes, I did. Um, my mom, my she, my mom eventually remarried. I think I was probably about nine or ten years old. It was like nineteen ninety one, ninety. Um, and um, my. I have two younger sisters, um, Renee Marie and Nicole. You could brag um, on them. Yeah, they're you know they're beautiful young women. They're strong, empowered. Um, you know they got that from my mom. Um, you know she's a, like I said, she's a very strong lady, um, very upright. Um, yeah, you know, and by the time they came, I was already kind of going into teenage my teenage years. Mm-hmm. So it was really a joy to have younger. Siblings, you know, I, I want, you know, most people don't want a baby sister or a baby brother, but I want it. Um, having grown up, on, at least on my mother's side, an only child, my father had, there, there were 10 of us, and mm-hmm. I was the youngest of his children. Of course, he was older than my mother um, by some years. So um, there was an age difference between my mom and my dad. Um, and when she remarried, she remarried somebody that was more around her age. <laughs> you so, know, that, that's, that sounds so much. So similar to, to my mom and dad, I, I think she was uh, she was 19 and he was 29 uh, and they divorced very quickly. And she, you know, I got a stepdad that was more her age and that that worked out a little bit better. And I ended up with some right. brothers, brothers and sisters as well. So, yeah, I mean, I understand it's a it's a, an American family. You know, sometimes right. things don't work out, but uh, it's it sounds like in the end it, it did. You know, she, it worked out. Yeah. yeah. You know, she found some love, and and is she still around? Yes, my mom is. Um, unfortunately, she's up there in New York, oh. on Long Island. Wow. So I know, I know that they're trying to stay as safe as possible, and I, I send them all my love and and prayers when I can. Um, but I, I pray for we must pray for our nation, and but most of all, I pray for the people in New York. The the carnage, the freezer trucks that I'm seeing on the news is really sad. Yeah, you've alluded to that. You are, you know, a fan of America. You you love this country, and yeah. I perused your your fa- your Facebook, and you really you are politically uh, activated. Uh, you know, you 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 have support. Uh, you know, tell me a little bit about how how that came to be, where you're you're really 
you know, charged politically? Well, um, you know, like I said, I love America. Um, I do understand the difference between the globalist um, or globalism idea and philosophy as opposed to Americanism, which is, is really a new, I think something, a new phrase that was coined by Donald Trump. Mm. Um, I, I am a, I'm, I'm a Trump supporter. I'm not a, a Trump supporter of all things Trump. I don't agree with everything, but I do agree with him when he's for America, when he says America first and wanting Americans to work and, and us to be an independent nation and that we're not we are like we once were not dependent on other nations of the world for our manufacturing. I mean, with this, this, this uh, virus, I think it's gotten a lot of people to relook at the idea of globalism and the idea of, you know, us not having the essential manufacturing that we need in our country. When you have countries like China um, that can threaten us by saying, Hey, well, we just won't make any more of those antibiotics you guys need over there in America. Um, you know, and that would, you know, that would kill a lot of people if you cut your, your finger or you scrape your, your leg and you don't have, for example, an, an amoxicillin or a penicillin to take because there are components of it that are being made in China and we're at war with China. We're having a trade war with China. And so therefore they're going to withhold when that could be made right here in U.S. and that could give people in U.S you know, jobs that they need, you know? Oh, you make valid so, points, Regina Hicks. I mean, I do agree. yeah, there, there's uh companies that the American companies that take their businesses overseas. And yes. in times like this, you know, y- you don't have that force, that forethought that to foresee that in times like this, especially there was a company in France that was making masks. Okay. Those masks that you need medically, uh, the, you know, they're, they're scrambling to get more masks in this country. Yeah. There is a company, an American company that went to France and the French government said, oh, those are our masks now. That's our company now. All that stuff that your American company made. No, no, no. It's staying here in France. Right. And and, and there's companies in Wuhan, China. You know, for example, that I mean, I know it's not a big deal right now, but the PlayStation 5, guess where it's made? Yeah. Right there in, in Wuhan, China. China. So uh, right. you're not getting a PlayStation Five, uh, kids, because we're no not making soon. we're not making our stuff, you know, here right. in in America. <laughs> you know, well, even we, though well, we could be making a why why not? Why can't we make a PlayStation Five? Here? I mean, even though PlayStation is probably a Japanese company, but still, they make their stuff. Yeah. you know, here, you know, so why not? Why not make the iPhone here? Why not? Right buy, now, you know, that's why American. You know, why not? When I mean, why do we have to? You know, we ship the jobs overseas and then we wonder why we have so much crime. Well, we have so much crime because people aren't able to work and take care of their families. And you would think that this would just be a common sense if there, if there are jobs available and, and businesses open for people to work. That would lower the crime rate because you don't have to rob and steal or sell drugs to feed your family. Yeah, people need something you know? to do. And, and one of those things is work and be productive members of society. So Regina that, Hicks, I'm with you that's there. The beauty of America. I mean, we Americans, we can lift ourselves up in ways that no one else in anywhere else in the world can do. We can start from nothing and become Bill Gates and Oprah Winfrey overnight. You oh know? yeah. Well, yeah. like him, like him or not, Donald Trump. You know, like him or not, it, before this virus, okay, the the jobs, the the economy was doing pretty good. 
know, yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe he tweets a little bit too much for for my taste, but you yeah, know, I don't like the tweeting. I don't <laughs> think he should tweet everything. Just wait till, wait till you do your your. See, that those are one of the, that's one of the things about him that I don't agree with. <laughs> like, there's no need. Like, why don't you come on now? Put the phone down. And, <laughs> Something else. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you his know. handlers are thinking the same thing. Yeah, but, put the phone down. You know, but whoever's in that White House, we definitely have to back him up. You know, uh, of back, course. back his plays. You know, he's he's yeah, trying to I do something. With, I didn't agree with everything Obama, but I still patriot patriotically, this is my commander in chief. Sure enough. So I'm gonna go where my where, where my president tells us to go if that's necessary. You know, Bush the same way. I mean, we have to respect that office. The people that are in the office, they come and go. But the the office itself is what we should respect. You got and, that and, right. You know, at the end of the day. I think I think most people could agree, uh, Miss yeah. Regina Hicks. I, I, hope, <laughs> I hope so. I don't want to be controversial. I don't try. To, I try not to be controversial. I just try to keep it real and keep it simple, um, so we all can understand. You, you know, know, we're all one country. We should love each other. And at the end of the day, that's what matters. Yeah, most people don't live on the on the far left or the far right. We're all down the middle. You know, and come no, on over right. here. <laughs> come on over here where everybody else is living. You know, right. all those all, reality. Yeah, all those screams that you hear from the left and the right, that's small. That's real small. Yeah. Most of the country is right with us. You know, we want food yeah. food on our table, roof over our heads, you know, kids are healthy and that and and that's a wonderful thing. All right, and so you've it. alluded to to life in Long Island growing up as a Chor- choral singer amongst other things music was always in your house dad singing did mom sing at all mom sang yes she did she mama sang make- too yeah she wasn't you know she you know she put her walkman on and she'd sing you know <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> you know my mom she used to say do you want me to sing to you and i'd say no and she said i'm gonna sing to you anyway okay <laughs> 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 but uh, no, there was always music in the house, and that's a yeah. that's a beautiful thing. That 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 oh, yeah. th- that leads me to believe that there was a good childhood, and you had the strength yeah. of of mom teaching you how to you know not take take stuff from anyone, and uh, you know. So how was that in, in relationships? I mean, you know, growing up, uh, uh, you know, did 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 did, did uh, having mom uh, whispering in the background and uh, telling you you don't need anybody, you you can do stuff on your own. You know, how, how was your relationship growing up? Um, well, I mean, I always, I wouldn't say I was popular, a popular person. I had friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very independent. Yeah. I was, you know, I could be by myself and be fine. And I could be with a group of people and be fine. I never really wanted to be the life of the party or the center of attention um, growing up. So I think I just kind of was in the middle, like you would say, um, you know, I had friends that I, that I loved and adored and I felt loved and adored me. I had regular experiences when it came to relationships. My mom, she of course gave her two, two cents. If she didn't like a guy and she would tell me why. And usually mom was right. You know, and I didn't, and, and when I was, you know, a little younger, I didn't really listen to mom, but I knew mom knew best and mom would always be right. And I was mom, you know, you're right. He's exactly what you said. She was like, hey, I, I'm a little older than you. I've been doing this. I've been dealing with men a little longer than you. So, hey, listen to mom when she tells you, you know, what, what to look out for. You know, um, and to- <laughs> you could say that so you're blue in the face, but no 16-year-old is ever going to think that their mom knows everything. Even though yeah. they do, 16-year-olds, mamas yeah. know everything. <laughs> 
Listen to your mom. <laughs> Trust me. Moms and dads know everything. All you 16-year-olds out there, I love you and that are listening. Listen to your moms and your dad. Absolutely. That's words of wisdom from Regina Hicks. Yeah. Uh, so taking us through the years. a whole lot of grief. <laughs> I mean, how, what were your first, uh, your first jobs? Your first, what did you want to be when you grew up, when you got out of school? Well, I always knew I wanted to sing, but I, I did go to college. I did get a law degree. What? Um, yes. <laughs> I went to Emory. Um, I did get a law degree. I studied constitutional law. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not licensed to practice law. Um, I could always take the bar exam at any time, but music was always my thing. Um, I got my first record deal when I was about 18. Oh, wait, what did you do school. with your law degree? Um, I mean, I still have it. You know, I don't practice law. Um, but if I wanted to teach, I could. It was just something that I could fall back on. If I wanted to practice law, I could take the, you know, the, the bar exam to in, in the state of Georgia because I'm in Atlanta now if I wanted to practice law. But it wasn't something that I really wanted to do. Um, I did it to kind of please mom. Oh, okay. And, All right. So, yeah. yes. There, there are a lot of people that have told me that, that, that they do things from time to time to please the parents. It's something yeah, to I mean, fall my, back mom, on. my mom was very practical. You know, she knew I could, I could sing and blow up one day and win Grammys and all that, you know, but my mother would always say, you know, it's, it's, it's a good thing to have a astronomical dream, but it's, it's also a good thing to have a realistic one as well. So find something that you would feel that you could do to make money. Um, and that you could have a career in. And so, you know, law and um, constitutional law was something that I wanted to study in college. And I ended up going to law school and um, getting a law degree. I just, you know, after that, I was like, okay, I've got it. But this really isn't what I want to be, what I want to do. And that's when I started to say, you know what, I'm going to start taking my music seriously. This is really what I want to do. I would look at other artists on the road and see me like, why is that not me out there? I should be out there. And then I got tired of hearing my friends say, girl, you can sing. You've got an amazing talent. Why are you not rich? Why are you not a millionaire? And I'd be like, well, yeah, I guess I, guess I haven't been serious. And I hadn't gotten in front of the right people. Huh. You know. So how did they know you could sing? Were you singing at bars? Were you singing at clubs? Oh, you- karaoke, singing karaoke. in the car with them, singing. You know, just in the house singing, you know, hitting notes. They'd be like, why are you not singing? Why are you not on the radio? You need to stop playing. Like, this is your calling. This is your gift, you know? And I think after hearing it so much, and, and the last time I, one real good conversation I had with my father, when he was, when he knew I was just kind of getting started, getting with producers and um, starting to write music and get things going, you know, he passed sadly, but. You know, one of the last conversations we had is he was saying, look, this is something that you always wanted to do. Life is short. You only live once. You're not going to come back and get a chance to redo any of it. Go for it. What do you have to lose? Just go for it. And um, that's been my attitude. When people would say, you know, you're almost 40. You're probably a little too old. It, 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 you could see if you were already an established artist. You were already out here. But, you know, and I'm like, well, no, because if I look at the career of Tamar, she started late, mm-hmm. so and, and she was in her late thirties. I don't think it's about your age. I think it's about the the content of your music. You know, the fans liking what you're offering them, get them getting to know you and your personality. I don't think they really care about your age as long as when they push that play on their MP3 or on Spotify, that's the bop they were looking for. 
You oh. know, as long as it's the bop that they're looking for and it makes them feel good, they're going to love it. Oh, I've spent the day on your SoundCloud just listening to the smooth jams of Regina Hicks. Now, you do uh, some solo stuff. Now, wait a minute. I'm trying to get the timeline here. You say you had your first record deal when you were 18? Yeah. So your dad was fully aware of your uh, – he, he didn't pass till just recently. You were right. eight, 18, and, and he knew that you wanted to get into music, and he helped oh, yeah. you along? Yeah, um, my first record deal was with, with um, LaFace Records uh, under Tony Mercedes. Um, I was still in high school, and my dad was, at that time, he was kind of like, I'm too young. Uh, he wanted me to wait, you know, a little bit. And so during the, nego- the negotiations of the deal, um, things just kind of went, you fell through, and my father didn't really feel like the deal was a good deal, it was a 360 deal. Mm. He didn't want, he felt like I was going to walk away with nothing. You know, we're talking about 98, 99 now. I'm 18, yeah. you know, 19 years old and, you know, coming out of high school. And he was like, well, why don't you wait? There are better offers that can come your way. Don't just be so quick to just sign anything because you can sign your whole life away. And, you know, that's it. That's a and, tale as um, old as time. You're giving, yeah. you're giving the people gems right now. Uh, you know, people yeah, that are trying to break into the music uh, career, you know, you, you the, the, the record company is out to make money for themselves. And if they could do it off yeah. of your hard work, they're going to do it. And so they're don't gonna do it. Yeah. Don't yeah. sign. Don't sign. Uh, yeah. If, if you're not in control, if you don't have any creative control, any money that they give you, it's, it's, it's a loan. You know, you have to, you have to pay for the hairstylist. You have to pay for the videos. You have to pay for the tour buses, the flights, the this, the that. You have to pay the label back for all that stuff. Yeah. And after you pay them back, then you could be left with a couple thousand dollars. You've got a hit record, you know, and you'd be in a situation like TLC where you got hit records, all these awards, and you pull up to a red carpet and a RAV4. <laughs> you know, so. I mean, yeah, look at, look at Prince. He had to change his whole name because the record yeah. company owned him, you know? Yeah. And so, and, and now, I mean, nowadays you got to, uh, a lot of the artists that were with record companies are going independent. I mean, I, I've yeah. heard, I've heard something about Taylor Swift that she's re-recording all of her music. So she will own the masters, you know, right. and, and that's what artists are able to do right now. But my goodness, you know, you're definitely giving us gems. So you didn't go with that first record, uh, that first record label. You didn't, you didn't go any further. You didn't make any music with them. No, I didn't. And I was kind of heartbroken. It was, it was really the catalyst that made me go to um, college, go to law school, because I was kind of heartbroken that the deal went through. Our, it was something I really wanted. Um, but I just felt like as I got older, it may not have been the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people ask me, you know, well, you know, why did you wait so late? And I would say, well, you know, it wasn't the time. Like, I, I feel like the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm having the success I'm having and, you know, I'm, I'm reaching the people I'm reaching. This is my time. You yes. know, this was the time for me to do it. So take us through the timeline. I mean, when you're, you're 18 years old, you go to law school like mama wants. You, you, yep. you, you're the good girl. You're doing, you're doing what your mom tells you. You don't do much with the law degree. So how do you make a living? How, do you, how does uh, Regina get out of Long Island and get back to, get back to Atlanta GA? <laughs> you well, know like, what's that journey after, well after high uh, well after high school i went to uh like i said emory 
Uh, I worked at Hartsfield-Jackson Airport. I worked um, security with ITO Security. Oh. I worked with American Airlines. I've always worked in the customer service industry, um, either over the phone or in person um, at a point of sale. Um, so that was pretty much it. You know, I it, school was kind of hard. I took some time. I took like two years out of school and I went back to school Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't really finish until 2007, Mm -hmm. uh, 2008, right around the time Obama was getting ready to be elected. Um, And, um, you know, I I just always worked and, you know, paid my bills and lived my life. You know, it wasn't anything extravagant. I'm just regular girl like anybody else. But nothing you you can feel passionate about. The music the is always music is always in the back of your head, and you say yeah. you were writing songs uh, when you were as even as a teenager, or or did that yeah. come later? No, I was writing poems. I think the first poem I had published, I think I was probably in the sixth grade, um, and it was a really small poem. It, it so I knew I had a deep um, proficiency to write. Um, I mean, I always wrote, but I don't think I wrote seriously until I really like got serious in my head that, okay, I'm going to write this record. This is going to be my next single. I would always, you know, write theory, you know, you know, write poems or write little things down. And I never really just put them together and made a a song until it was like, you know what? I'm I'm not playing with this anymore. You know, it's 2015, 14. It's time to take this seriously while I can, while I've got the window to do it. And it was it. Once I once I transferred my mind into full time being an artist, that's what I was. Yeah, but you say published poem. Where was that published? Um. Oh, I was. In, oh, it was a long time ago. My mom has the book. It was a teacher at at um, the middle school that I was in um, had entered it into a, a writing competition, and it was a poem. Like I can't even remember what the poem said, but my mom has it. Oh, that's fantastic! I can yeah. read that poem. I gotta know. Yeah, I gotta I know can, about the early stages of Regina Hicks. <laughs> oh, I can get it for you. I can get it. I'll, I'll send it to you via, um, you know, IGDM, and you can read it. Oh, you're a superstar. That's fantastic. Well, Regina Hicks. I mean, you're pretty much taking us to to where is the turning point that you're done with the Joe jobs. Uh, you know, you you don't have anything that you think is a career. You're like, man, I gotta get back into this music. I gotta get back to this music. Well, what's the first step? Getting back. You know, going back to to your passion, uh, how do you start making records? Because I'm looking at your SoundCloud. My goodness, it's actually it's packed full. <laughs> What's the first thing you 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 do? Uh, do you go visit with a producer and say, "Hey, I got the song idea." Well, how do you how do you make a a record as a Regina Hicks? Well, um, you know, I it was just like that. You know, um. My ex, uh, he had a friend, well, his friend's name is Buck. Shout out to Buck. Um, Buck's produced the song White Tea. So, um, you know, I just, one day he happened to come by the house and I was working on a song. I was writing to a Drake beat. And um, he was like, you know, I could take that beat and, and make it for you. I said, what do you mean? He was like, I could, even though it's a Drake beat, I can redo the beat and make it for you so it's not his beat but it's for you or whatever and that's how we came up with ultimatum he just kind of changed some things around and then the beat for ultimatum was really inspired from a drake record and uh, um, regina hicks I, I don't know if we're supposed to be talking about this that's kind of that's kind of like sampling 
Well, I know. A yeah, good. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't sampling because I didn't use anything from Drake's record. It was more like it was inspiration for the beat. <laughs> no, that's good. Yeah. No, that's good. I, yeah. I I know that that man. If if, if people want to sample, you would never know that it what original song it came from. Say you take a, a drum beat from here and a guitar lick from here, and you could turn right. it in your Apple uh, your Apple software or your Cool Edit and make it into something completely different. And, and that man, beats can be made without a musical instrument anywhere. It, it's just and it, it, yeah, literally fifteen minutes. If the producer knows what he's doing and he he knows how to go in there, I mean, and that's literally what Buck did. He he listened to the beat. He reinterpreted his way. He added his extra things to it to make it, you know, his beat and, you know, his production. And the next thing I know, we were at Patchwork. We were recording it. And the rest is history. Ultimatum was like the first song I recorded, but Trophy was the first song I released as a single. Yeah, I see Trophy is the first song on your SoundCloud right now, but Ultimate is out there as well. I didn't, I, I don't think Ultimatum. I, Ultimatum. Yeah, featuring, yeah, yeah there Ultimatum. it is. Bloody B is in there. Yeah, and so I mean, you're most of the time. I mean, a lot of the 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 earlier stuff is you singing a song, but now you're. It sounds like you're uh, becoming a, a good a hook. I, I don't know what what you would call it. A a, a lady who sings the hooks for rappers. You know, R and B, hip hop. Yeah. Is, is that yeah? Something? I I thought yeah. That's 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 yeah. That's right. Um, yeah, there are a couple of songs on my um, SoundCloud where I'm featured um, with other artists. Like, I just released a single called Heartbeat. If you guys go out and support it, it'll be on um, Spotify, iTunes, everywhere, April 10th. Um, the song is Heartbeat. Um, and I want to give a special shout out to my boy Tommy Track. He's in the hospital right now. He's in New York. What? Um, he had a stroke the other night. Um, oh. And. Um, I found out about it. One of his business partners hit me up on Instagram. We just did this record. And he, he approached me and he was like, look, I got a song. It's about my kids. Um, I think you'd really be great on it. I could hear your voice on it. He sent me his verse, him kind of like a demo. And I was like, you know what? I really feel this record being a mom myself and having kids. It's like, you know what? I could relate to what you think. And that was the record. I think it took us maybe maybe a week or two to um record we record he's in new york and i'm here so i do have a studio in at in in my house so i'm able to go in there and work whenever i want to work i'm doing a lot of work now with this coronavirus stuff but um i just went and you know and just wrote down how i felt and that's where heartbeat came from and um i'm really proud of the record i'm i'm i was really glad that he approached me to do it I'm gonna, and there, I think there's another one I worked with, Poetic um, Killer. He's uh, out of Boston, Massachusetts. We have a song, I Want to Know What Love Is, featured on his album. So I've been blessed to work with a lot of amazing artists um, that have approached me to work with them because they want my voice on their song. And that's awesome to me. Like, that's a dream come true. Well, Regina Hicks, you're pulling on my heartstrings. Tom, Tommy Tracks, you know, my thoughts are with you, man. Uh, I hope he pulls out of this stroke. Yeah. Uh, you know, you just put this song together and it's a beautiful song. So smooth. I mean, it's just Thank for, you. for chilling and just listen, you know, you, you can kick back and whatever you're doing, just put that song on heartbeat, Tommy tracks. And then featuring. you have it. Yeah. And then like you hear his kids in the song and it's really sweet, sweet you know? So sweet. Yeah. 
Well, okay, had, had you met him or do you know Tommy tracks face to face or is this something that you, that you put together online? No, he, we've never met face to face, but I've always supported him. He's always supported me since I kind of hit the scene, independent scene. Technology um, is fantastic. Yeah. I, I've talked yeah. to people all over the world. I, I know there's an Australian guitarist that has an Iranian uh, bassist that has a German drummer and they all they put it all together in Australia and they 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 came up with a song. People can do that online. You got a studio in yeah. your house. You know, anybody with a with a computer and a good enough microphone can you know, a nice mixer or some you know, can can put together music independently. So did ultimately did you ever sign with anybody or are you putting stuff out independently? Um well, I I, I, I did sign with the record label. Um, I don't really want to, um, blast anyone or put anyone on blast, but it didn't work out. It wasn't a good fit. I thought it was a good fit. Okay. Um, and we ended up, we ended up parting ways amicably, amicably, uh, amicably. Um, and, um, you know, now I'm independent. I'm just doing my own thing. I, I'm not going to sign a deal with anyone or anybody else because I'm capable of doing it on my own. You're smart, um, Regina Hicks. The, I think the record, the record companies are running scared because we could do it all on our own now. Now, yeah. any of the songs that you put together with that record label, are you able to to use them on your own, or are they gone forever? Oh yeah. Oh no, no. I, I, my last project with them and the only project with them was the mixtape I put out beneath the cover. Mm. Um, and so th- because most of the songs are remakes, it was just really something that. Neither one of us owned, <laughs> so <laughs> I was kind of smart in that way. Where it was like, well, you know, okay, two albums. Okay, I owe you guys two albums and a mixtape. Okay, I'll give you the mixtape. But before I could do the album, um, some things started happening, and the company just kind of went defunct. Well, no, so, that's a story that I've heard many times. Uh, that yeah. people, you know, that, that work with the record labels, the record label when they do part ways, ends up owning that music. And the record label yeah. can choose to either put it out or shelf it. And the, the artist can't do a thing about it. Can't that they don't own their own masters. They don't own their own music. And, and you could do that independently. You're giving people gems, Regina Hicks. Any yeah, of, the, and she, any of these luckily, kids that are up and coming, go ahead. Yeah. And luckily because you know, the record was a mixtape for one and it was all covered, like remakes of songs. Like um, I re- to me, as I'm so into you, I did uh, Mary J. Blige, uh, everything, a few, a few, a few classics I remade. But because I used, I got had permission to use the original beat of the song, um, I could, you know, put it out on SoundCloud and and put it out for streaming. But it couldn't be put out for distribution because the record label would have to then buy the licensing to, because I'm using the original track so it's kind of i did it kind of in a way to protect myself because there were already some unethical things going on with the company um so i just did it that way it was kind of the smartest smarter way to do it not end up being in a hole with them but to still deliver on a project and um regina hicks do you think that that having all those book smarts and and having that law degree helped you along uh to keep yourself safe and level and level (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah definitely <laughs> all right you're telling the kids stay in school you know stay get, in school. you know learn something get some good books stay to drugs. <laughs> you Don't got it drugs. right you got it listen right to your, listen to your mom 
She knows best. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, well, all right. You, you've, you've given us the latest hit, but you have so many songs on your SoundCloud. You know, uh, are, are all these songs available on Apple or, or Spotify so people can put them on their playlist? Yes, they are. Yes. yes. Make sure that, I mean, do you have a playlist set up for, uh, for Regina Hicks? I'm not even sure how Spotify works, but I know that you can make a playlist and have a link put out there that to that playlist. And I know yep. you're not going to get a lot of dollars, but maybe a couple of pennies here and there yeah. when people listen. You know what? They, I, I think they should really do better when it comes to independent artists. I think just making, you know, a, a six cents or for three cents on a stream. I don't think that's fair. I, I, th- I think that there should be, um, an even pay scale per stream, whether you be an, uh, a major artist like Mariah Carey or an independent artist like myself. Not to say that I should be have the same money as her. Of course, she'd probably make a little bit more. But I'm saying that, you know, it, when you show a Mariah Carey record, she's not getting, you know, pennies on the dollar. You feel what I'm saying? I get so it. It should, it should be, I, I think it should be even. If, if you're putting your music out on platforms like, Apple and Spotify, it should be uh, even across the board, a dollar, dollar fifty. Why not? So that independent artists can make a living being independent artists. You don't have to be signed to Sony or Warner Brothers and Universal. So, well, you know you what's know, helping what's helping them along, uh, Regina Hicks, is their social media. Uh, you know, when uh, Justin Bieber put out his his song, he tweeted, "Hey, while you're sleeping, leave your Spotify going." Even if you don't have the, the speakers on, just leave your Spotify going with my song playing over and over and over. So he kind of yeah. he kind of tricked the system a little bit uh, using yeah. his using his social media. So, yeah, he's making bucks. And and we got to I mean, as artists now, we got to know how to use social media and, and get up exactly. our followers. My goodness, we yeah. we have to market ourselves as independent artists. It's uh, it, it, it's a little it's a little different than it was. Back in my day, you know, when the yeah. record when the record company would would take a record to the DJ on the radio and said, "Hey, can you give this a spin?" And the right. DJ would choose, "Yeah, I will. I'll take I'll take a listen to it and I'll put yeah. it out on the air, and maybe people will now, buy that record." Now you have to do everything yourself. You have to form the the relationship with the DJ. If you have to, and again, that's why I say I respect the DJs. I respect. Um, you know the guys, the radio personalities. You, like I said, you guys make it happen for the artist. Once we network with you, we build the rapport, and you like the music, and you, you know, you like the rapport. You guys will support the music, and I always try to tell artists, you know, don't be too difficult or too hard to work with. The the last thing you want to do is to have a reputation of people saying, "Well, this person is very hard to deal with." You, you know, they're late. They don't ever come on time. They don't. They're not on time for interviews. So they're not on time for their show. You know, you, you don't want to be one of those artists. You want people, the, especially people in the industry behind the scenes whose job it is to put you out there. You want them to, to want to do it, not just because your music is good, but because, you know, your personality and the rapport you built with them is so good that, you know, they, they want to do it for you, you know. So it's really important to have those relationships. And again, I think DJs like yourself and radio personalities that do just that make it happen for us artists hey words of wisdom regina hicks hey who's 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 doing the artwork because the artwork for for heartbeat is is wonderful i mean it's very striking it calls attention to it 
makes me want to play that song because I see the artwork. That for me, the album, and I miss having big record albums, was the artwork. Who did the artwork for Heartbeat? Um, I think Tommy did. I think Tommy did um the artwork for I mean, because he sent it to me and was like, What do you think? And I was like, Yeah. <laughs> I love the, it. The talented I mean, Tommy your, Tracks. Yeah, I mean, this is your record. I'm 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 here to just be featured on it. it I love it. You know, I, I'm just thankful that you asked my opinion because this is your song. Oh, that's perfect. You know, so, so what kind yeah. of response have you had on the uh, on the other albums that you put out? And what was the one that you got the award for a couple years ago? Oh, the response to most of my music has been pretty good. Um, I, of course, everybody has their opinion. They say things, oh, something's pitchy or something could have been mixed or mastered. I mean, everybody's a critic. You know, what can you do? <laughs> well, that's what remixers are for. I mean, sometimes yeah, I you, mean, can, you can send somebody your, your vocal tracks, and if they're good remixers, they may come up with a whole other song. You'll end up from an R&B hip-hop song to a, a dance track or even a rock song, you know, right. using it's, your same vocals. And hey, it could, vocals. it could go to a different market there. You know, you, right. might, you might be played out in Ibiza by one of these yeah. DJs and the kids awesome. will be dancing be and, awesome. and uh, having their glow sticks out there. Listen to yeah. the sweet sounds of Regina Hicks. <laughs> that would be awesome. I, I mean, I, I love all types and genres of music, but, you know, I work with, I've been blessed to work with some pretty, uh, high standard industry people. Um, a shout out to, uh, T-Zone of Hitlanders. Um, he's worked with Keith Sweat. He's worked with Mary J. Blige and Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston. He's mixed, um, trophy. He mixed ultimatum. He mixed real love and believe. Um, nice. I wanted, from the beginning, I wanted, you had some good, from the beginning, some good help. Yeah. From the beginning. Um, again, just networking with people. Um, the I won the Independent Tone Award for Best Original Song for the my single Trophy um, in 2018, yeah. um, and you know again that was amazing to have a song that I wrote, you know, be recognized as the top original independent song of 2018. Because it was everything it was mind blowing. I was very humble. Yeah, right off the bat, you're coming up with yeah. hits. People are loving them. You know, are are you able to make a living as a songstress now? Are you are you going out and performing live in front of people? Yeah, I mean, well, with coronavirus, coronavirus I know. really messed up my up, twenty. Up till now, up till now, what yeah, kind of? I had a, I, I, um, I performed at several clubs here in Atlanta. Um, I, you know, I had some things um uh, set up and booked. I was trying to work on doing a, a four or five city tour. Um, but right now, like again, with this coronavirus mess. Have to stay at home. Have to kind of shelter in place. So, oh yeah, we're all um, on hold. Been kind of postponed. I, my album. Um, I was hoping to release my album, um, her story. Um, by the summertime, it looks like I might have to wait till around October or November by the end of the year. Well, that's so a playoff, four. Michael Jackson history. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> and, and that's amazing that you caught that because um, a lot of people didn't catch that when I when I announced the album title. But yes. Um, it is, and it's kind of in some ways homage to him because he never came out with his story book two. Right. So, um, this is her story, and I felt like putting that spin on it, and just kind of you know telling people who I am. If you didn't know, um, this is Regina Hicks. You know, this is this is. I'm going to take you on a 
a soul odyssey with this record from the, the first song to the very end. It's going to be a journey. It's going to be up and down fun. Um, there are some big ballads on there that are going to be uh, really emotional. Um, and I think that my fans and my friends and my family and everyone who supports me, when they hear the album, they're going to really love it and really enjoy it. And it's, um, I just wanted to be one of those that you can push play and let it ride. Yeah, Regina Hicks. I mean, as a creator, you know, being sheltered in place, you're not going to stop. You're, you're absolutely not going to stop. Now that you're stuck indoors, that's just going to give you another avenue to get your creative juices flowing. How many songs mm-hmm. do you have? Uh, I mean, do you have a lot of songs that are already out there and produced? I mean, but do you have uh, some uh, some songs in the songbook that that are ready to ready to get back out there? Actually, I'm announcing exclusively on your show. Um, I've got Beneath the Covers 2 wrapped and ready to go. Um, and it's another mixtape of covers. I covered um, Anita Baker's No One in the World. Um, I covered Patti LaBelle's If Only You Knew. Um, and a couple of others I, I redid um, with The Greatest Love of All. So that's coming very soon. Um, Lofty and, goals. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, <laughs> well, I... With five and a half octaves um, at my disposal, yes, um, I figured why not use my voice. I wanted to pay homage to some of my favorites: um, Whitney, Mariah, Patty, um, Anita Baker. There's I even I even did a body weight cut. Um, I can't make you love me. I know it's been redone, but I kind of did it my way. It's just a piano. Yeah, it's a beautiful um, song, of course. Yeah, it's more of an acoustic piano feel. Um, yeah, and I'm just really, really excited about it, and I can't wait for everyone here. Oh, I'm excited too. <laughs> and you're doing all this recording in your house, at in your home studio? Yep. That is fantastic. Uh, kids, you know, if you want to make it, you can do it, right? You don't need anybody. You can do it right there on your own. <laughs> and, you know, for the longest time, I thought it would take a whole lot of money to be able to have a studio in my house, but it really, you know, I think the most expensive thing I paid for was the Apple MacBook. I mean, the, even the microphone system that I got that um, T-Zone recommended for me it was no more than like 300 bucks. It wasn't really expensive. And then, uh, and then I have the Kyotica, um eyeball um, isolator filter on it. That was like a hundred bucks. So it wasn't really a whole lot of money to, set up a system that I could get premium vocals like I would if I went and spent $75 an hour at work, you know, you're and if star. I want it, you know, you're a star Regina Hicks. That, that is fantastic. You're giving the kids gems out there. I, I still haven't stepped up to an Apple. I'm, I'm, I'm using a PC and uh, you know, I got a, 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 an MCI gaming machine. So they, it seems okay. to, it, it's powerful <laughs> enough to do all the stuff I wanted to do, but I, I you know, I just can't make that transition. To Apple, it just it doesn't it doesn't feel right to me. But I know a lot of artists, a lot of creators get on those apples and just man, just make them sing, you know, make them shine. Yeah, I, I, Apple, you know. And to me, I I'm gonna I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. Please. I do have a PC in the house. <laughs> I, I won't tell if you to won't me, tell. Don't worry. To me, well, I, well, I just told everybody. <laughs> so I'm letting you guys <laughs> and on a little secret. But when it comes to like creative stuff, like video editing, I think. That, that Apple is probably one of the best that you can use because it's it's geared more towards creative. A PC is more like for everyday people, you know, to use the computer. And I do have one in my house. 
So, yeah. I mean, that's what I've been yeah. told from day one is the Apple is here to help you create things, uh, music, yeah. graphic arts, uh, anything creative uh, can be done on an Apple. And so, yeah, they, they've definitely geared on that. But Regina Hicks, I mean, as we were, were winding this down, I know after the coronavirus, you've got to have something else going. Do you have, did, did you have regular gigs, like weekly gigs at, at different clubs around Atlanta that, that you would play at? Or, or was this stuff that was uh, uh, special events? Um, no, well, I had nothing regular. I mean, I would get a booking here or there and I would, you know, go and perform. Um, I can, I'm, I'm blessed to say that I do really well with the streams. I'm able to make a living. I'm able Good. to be able to pay um, my bills and, and put food on the table. And I thank God for that. You yes. know, we knock on wood. Um, uh, and I, and I, I thank my fans because if it wasn't for my fans streaming my music um, and listening, you know, I wouldn't be able to do that. So I think the people all around the world that listen to my music and, you know, like, like last year, you know, Spotify every year they put out where your music is being listened to. And I was just humble and in awe at the same time that, you know, if there are people in Egypt, there are people in Africa who know Regina Hicks. They yes. know me, they know my music. And I'm just grateful for that. You know, that's amazing. It's a dream come true. Oh, the internet has definitely made this world small. <laughs> a lot a lot smaller yeah. but you know now when you're doing when you're performing live and when you did perform live do you perform with a band or or is this a a dj spinning your tracks uh well just a dj spinning the track you know they're just yeah with the backing instrumentals oh that's cool um, and that's that's really all i need in the microphone and a little stool to kind of sit down on for a slow number but yeah i mean that's pretty much all i need i I have performed with live band, to be honest, I do prefer, um, because with the live band, if you know how to lead the band, they'll follow you. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. So you, you I, could, I, being a DJ, I'm, I'm, I'm not, uh, afraid of, of saying that bands are great. I mean, if you yeah. get a good party band, that'll make your events, uh, sore, you know, yeah. definitely. If you, they got two or 300 songs in their pocket, maybe, you know, uh, 50, 50 original and, and covers. Or, or yeah. you know, eighty twenty, whatever. Uh, yeah, you, a good party band is good. I, do you have a band that you that you've worked with in Atlanta? No, I don't. But um, I did get the pleasure to work with one um, at last year's Midtown Music Festival, um, and it was amazing. I mean, it it, it was everything I, I thought it would be. Because when you work with a band, you can kind of embellish a little bit more um, when you're singing, and so they they follow your lead. Oh yeah. I mean, this is something I picked up watching Whitney. You know, she would sing. Let's say, for example, didn't we almost have it all? And the way she would embellish it, it, it didn't sound anything like the record until she got to certain points, and the band was right there with her. So a good, you know, an amazing band can do that, and they were amazing. And when you're working with a, a backing track, you know, you're kind of just constrained to sing it like you would sing it, you know, on the record. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm jealous when when I hear uh, a good musician, and I've heard many. Of course, there are many. Yeah. There are thousands of musicians, and you hear a good band. I mean, I have guitars that I cannot play. I have a keyboard that I cannot play. Uh, you know, so if a good musician and and a, and you being an, as a a front person, I mean, you got to be out there in the crowd, working them, dancing, oh, as and singing with your five and a half octaves. I'm jealous of that too. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't dance. I I kind of move around a little bit. I'm not really a dancer. No, no, you know, you're Whitney. Like 
Whitney yeah. didn't dance. Whitney yeah, kind of stood in one move. place. Yeah, well, yeah, and I, I, I worked the stage, you know, but I, I and, and you know what? I wish I could. Uh huh. You know, I mean, I, I can dance. Don't get me wrong, I can dance, but I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't dance like the way I dance and sing at the same time. I because it would just kind of throw me off. And I, I've tried it out a couple. It's just not for me. Oh, and it's that's not for right. Everybody. No, that's great. No, you got yeah. the chops. Uh, they're they're here to hear you sing. <laughs> yeah, they they know when they go to a Regina Hicks show. They're going to get some good singing, some talent. Yeah, that's what they want to come. That's what they're paying, <laughs> the, the, you know, to come and see. And that's what I'm going to give them. How do they get a hold of you, Regina Hicks? Well, I'm all over social media. You can follow me on Instagram at Real Regina Hicks. I'm also on Twitter. Twitter. I about to say Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> at Real Regina Hicks. You can follow me on Facebook. Um, Regina D. Hicks or Regina Hicks. Um, however, whichever. Yeah, why do you have um, two of them? Well, one is more of like a, a personal page, and then the other one is like my artist page. Okay. Yeah. And then um, you can also follow me on, find my music on SoundCloud, Real Regina Higgs, Re- Reverb Nation, Regina Higgs. I'm on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon, Google Play, you name it. I'm out there. Just type in my name. I'll pop up iTunes, Apple Music. I'm out there, so please go out there and show your love, support the music. To those of you that support my music, I love you 100%. I wouldn't be where I am without you guys' support. Um, And yeah, that's me. Fantastic. I mean, I've looked up, a real Regina Hicks is definitely a good brand for you. That that way people can find you. I I know I found your, your Twitter and your Instagram very easily there. And your Facebook is pretty easy to find as well. All right. Usually I finish these things off with last words for the people. Could be some last words to live by that you have. Something that, that maybe your mom or dad, you know, said to you or just something that pops up in your head right now at this particular moment in time. Regina Hicks, last word for the people. Um, well, I want to thank, uh, once again, I want to thank everyone who supports my music, who supports um, what I'm trying to do. Uh, it means so much to me. Um, I want to just leave everybody with a, a, a verse from John 14. Let not your heart be troubled. We're going through some trying times, not only here in America, but around the world. Stay at home. Wash your hands. Follow the guidelines. Um, keep yourself, yourself and your loved ones and your neighbors and strangers in the community safe. Um, God bless and everyone, you know, stay safe and love each other. Well, there you have it, party people. Regina Hicks. Oh, I knew she was talented. I've been listening to her music all day long. Uh, she's got the smoothest jams. I mean, just hip hop, R&B, just smooth jams and great vocals. Oh, take a listen to regina hicks uh and i and on top of that she's a brainiac she's smart book smarts she listens to her mama and she stays in school and she could be a lawyer if 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 she needs to but it looks like her music career is going just fine uh, you know it kind of reminds me of uh was it uh, dr ken who he was like a a fully certified family practitioner then he realized he was funny and became a comedian and is he practicing? Uh, phys- is he a practicing physician now? Nope. He's a comedian. 
So, uh, so uh, I'm glad you had that law degree in your back pocket. It, it gave you the the wherewithal to steer clear of uh, any uh, record company contracts that didn't seem legit. So you have that knowledge in your background. Regina Hicks, you are you schooled us. Yeah, I mean, you gave me knowledge, so I know that my listeners have gotten some knowledge in turn about how to put your music out to the world. You don't need no record company. You don't need a record company. You could do it all by yourself. You could do it independent. But, you know, not exactly by yourself. You have good producers, too. So it's nice to have a good ear that you could bounce off of. So you work well with others. That that says a lot about you, Regina Hicks. And, and your music is quality. It's not like you're recording it, you know, in your in your basement or, or you know, whatever, and then just putting it straight out there. You actually have a producer that helps you to discern and put the music together and put the tracks, you know, mix it up properly and master it. Yeah, yeah, you're doing the job. That's why you're making a, a go of this music career because you're doing the work. You know, it, it kids, a music career is not. It's not easy. It's work, just like any other job. Yes, the rewards can be big, but only if you work at it. Ah, a message from me and Regina Hicks to you. <laughs> Thank you so much once again for being on the program, Regina Hicks. Uh, find her everywhere. All right. If you want to tell your story, I'm talking to you this time, the loyal listener. If you want to tell your story. I encourage you to give me a call at 501-470-6386 or email info at radiowhat.com. That's it for me. It's Keys Dan, radiowhat.com, djlittlerock.com. Peace. I'm out of here. If you like what you hear, follow What Makes You Famous social media. Use the hashtag What Makes You Famous. Follow on Facebook at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Instagram at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Twitter at Makes Famous and follow on YouTube at Keys Dan. Leave What Makes You Famous podcast a review and subscribe. Listen to What Makes You Famous podcast on Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and almost anywhere you find podcasts. Tell your story on my podcast, What Makes You Famous. Call 501-470-6386 and leave a message to set up a time. You can support What Makes You Famous using the PayPal link, paypal.me forward slash keys dan email info at radio what.com what makes you famous podcast is a production of keys dan enterprises incorporated at keys dan.com thank you for listening radio what the music you want with some great, great quotes the only thing we have to fear is fear itself franklin delano roosevelt from his first inaugural address the music you want RadioWhat.com This is Keys Dan. And this is Shelly G. And you're listening to RadioWhat.com